Good morning, church. It's great to be together with the church in Desert Cities, Rancho, and Riverside. And all of you who are visiting online, it's just an honor to be with you today. I get the privilege. I'm Scott Sweeney from Palm Desert, excited to be able to preach on Colossians 4 as we continue the book of Colossians in our Rooted series. And today, Paul closes out with final greetings to the church there and personal greetings to different people that were known by him and known by the church. And we're going to take a deep dive into five verses today. And I, every once in a while, you feel like God has put a lot on your heart. And that's how I feel today. I feel like God has put a lot on my heart today. So if we could just imagine, I'm here at the Rancho building, just imagine that we all have been worshiping together. We're, we're, we're together somehow with no masks and we're just loving God. We're on top of the world after singing. And now... God has a message for us, and I feel like that's what has really happened to me this week, and I pray to be able to pass that on to you. The title of the sermon today is Faith Refined by Fire, and like anything in life, you can focus on the faith or you can focus on the fire, and my goal today is to help us focus on God and on Jesus and on faith in him during these times. So pray with me as we get started. Father, we thank you for this time to be together. We're so grateful that you give us your word to guide us. I pray that you help us to focus on you no matter what we're going through, that we can be changed from the inside out, that we can make a difference in this world for you, and ultimately that we can make it to be with you in heaven. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, open up, if you will, to Colossians chapter 4. I'm going to read verse 2 and 3 here as we get started. It says, devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in change, in chains. And so Paul is saying, devote yourself, devote yourself to prayer. And my point number one is devote your inner life, your inner self, to Jesus. And Paul explains that in a few different words here. The first is devote yourself to prayer. That means giving our heart to God, personally investing our lives in Christ, sharing everything with him as a best friend. We took surveys this week in desert cities to find out how to improve and meet the needs with our online services and presence. And somebody wrote that they'd like to, for the speakers to share more personally about their lives. So if that was you, here it goes. Because prayer is personal. Prayer is something that's only shared between me and God and you and God. That there's no real right or wrong way to do it. It's like a friendship that we develop with God. Personally, I have realized that God is in control and that this is his church during this time i i've always felt like hey there i'm i'm in charge or, or i'm i'm affecting change in some way or another whether it's a small group or whether it's not whether it's my family but this time has helped me to realize that god is the great shepherd as we're trying to shepherd people that we can't see or we're trying to just see them on the screen and it's hard to tell, is that person emotional or, or are they distracted by the kids? Are they crying? It's hard to tell. 
It's hard to meet the needs, but this time has reminded me that ultimately God meets the needs, that he is in charge of his church. I've also been reminded that peace and love come from Jesus, that he's the only one that can bring us together truly. He's the only one that can bring healing, and he's the only one that can take us where we need to be with God forever. And even now with all these distractions to focus even more on him as the answer and the solution to everything that we're going through and ultimately to our eternal problem of sin and our need for grace and forgiveness. And also that God's church is valuable. You are valuable as a part of God's church, that he made you a new creation. And he brought us all together to shine and to be Christ in this world. And yes, we have a lot to grow and change in. I know I do personally, as we all do, but still, this is a safe place. This is a place to grow. This is a place to shine. This is a place to lift up Jesus and be the light of the world. I pray even now that you recognize how valuable God's church is how it even says in the word that it is the pillar and foundation of the truth in this world. And I pray that we value what we have in Christ even more during this time. Personally, I have been pushed to the utter brink of sanity. I don't know how you felt. There's there's been a a weight or anxiety that's been just put on my heart for the past few months, and I got to just get it off on a daily basis. And I hope that that is pushing me to the brink for a breakthrough, for a spiritual change, for God to make me into something new that he is refining me as a diamond, that he's refining all of us as he presses on us and stresses us and helps us to grow in an amazing way. I realize that it is easy to rely on myself. That there's been some days when I get through the day and I've been on so many phone calls and Zoom calls and conversations and helping people out and I get to the end of the day and I realize I didn't pray. I mean, I was thinking about God and I was talking about him and yet I, I didn't cry out to God. And that's not been a lot, but there's been a few days like that where I realized, wow, I feel like in my sinful nature that I do it myself. And God, I believe, is reminding me, and maybe he's reminding you, that only he can produce change. Only he can do miracles. And that's been a convicting thing to realize even about myself, that I need to be devoted to prayer. Just what Paul is saying, devote yourselves to prayer And rely on God in a whole new way. In my marriage, we have really had some great conversations, Danielle and I. I feel like we're sharing everything, that there's a few tense moments, but God is changing us, and it's really been a blessing. We've been able to go through that Marriage Made Simple class and finding even some deep, powerful truths that have really helped us to understand one another and to really connect during this time. I'm grateful for about the 50 or so couples that are also going through that. It's been great to have my daughter Chloe home. 
She's studying for the LSAT, so pray for her. It's coming up here soon. But it's just been a blessing to have her home and to be able to connect. And we've had a lot of great talks. And she's probably kept me up pretty late at different times because she's a night owl. But we've really had an amazing time. We've got to go on some awesome, epic hikes. We've done the best hike ever in my new favorite place, Mammoth. Uh, last week was just such a special time. And Connor here's here with us, and he just graduated, and he's headed off to Georgia here in a, less than a month. And it's going to be a hybrid uh, school there at Emory, and that, that's, that's scary. You know, we're sending him out into the world with all these things going on, just trusting God in a whole new way. But I've been proud of him. He memorized the entire book of James. That's incredible. We go, I went in there one day and he was talking. I thought he was on a Zoom call or something and he was just going through and says, you know what? I finished the entire book. I can recite it. And little does he know that even now during this most intense time that he is changing his spiritual life forever, that he'll always have that in there, that God is getting those scriptures deep in his heart. And man, that, that feels so amazing. And he was blessed. Just last week to be able to baptize his best friend here in the desert, Drew Hernandez. And just an answer to prayer after a difficult high school years. And it's, I give it up for any of our teens in high school and just persevering and, and fighting those spiritual battles. And I feel like God really blessed him in an amazing way. And we're so, so grateful and happy for uh, our great friends there and their, the victory that God did. Last Sunday, we had a going away party for Jake and Kelsey, a drive-by party and at the, the building. And I just remember driving away, just feeling sad. Just like, wow, an end of an era. They've given so much here in the past three years. And if, if they're listening today, I know they're heading out to Orlando tomorrow. And, you know, just, just the change that they brought and their heart for God and his, their excellence and just their, their passion and love for the church here in the desert. We are so grateful. And I know they've been here in the IE for the past 12 years and made such an impact. So be praying for them on their journey. But just leaving there feeling sad and feeling like, man, this is a new era. Knowing that God is going to lead us, but it's still not easy to go through change. Is it? (laughs) Um, I'm so grateful for the staff here. Sergio and Kristen, especially Sergio, you have been my... Uh, my hero, my confidant, my, my discipler, you, you've talked me off the ledge a few times. I got to talk you off the ledge a few times and you, God has really forged us together in a, in a powerful way. I'm so grateful for how he meets our needs through putting people in our lives at certain times when we need it the most. You know, I believe that God is bringing us to a new place and it only is going to happen as we devote ourselves to him in prayer, as we pour out our lives. If every time we get afraid, we we're motivated to pray. Every time we get uh, discouraged, we're motivated to pray. Every time we feel alone, I know that God wants us to devote ourselves to prayer. Maybe that is the big lesson of this time that God is trying to get the entire world to see that we need him and that our efforts without him are useless. As Jesus said in John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. And I know in so many ways, that is a life verse for me that calls me back to Jesus. But thinking about prayer, 
getting back to our first love, devoting ourselves with one another, praying together, praying for change, praying to God. I thought of all the scriptures on prayer. He says to pray continually with all kinds of requests. So anything you want to ask for to God, just bring it to him. All times of the day, whether you're driving, whether you're home, whether you're getting up, be persistent. Don't give up. Be the persistent widow in prayer. Be bold. Ask for those loaves of bread, that that parable that Jesus told. God wants us to pray through our fears. Help me overcome my unbelief. That's a prayer that we can pray to God when we have questions, when we need wisdom. I know so many times there's situations and just have no idea and just go to God and just pray, God, help me figure this out. Help me through your word to figure this out, to pray through the Psalms, to pray through the Lord's prayer. That's one of my favorite things to do, to make up your own prayer to God. Maybe that'll be your special prayer that you can pray through to him, to pray through decisions, to pray through your job situation, to pray through your finances, to pray about your marriage, to pray that God will change you and your family, that God will work miracles in your family, to pray about school, to pray that God will bring about what he wants, that he'll keep you safe and that he'll bring about the learning that we all need, to pray about our loneliness, to pray about the times when we're at, we're at our wit's end, when we feel like we can't take it anymore. That's a time when God brings amazing breakthroughs. Don't give up. To pray about our physical health, to pray about our mental health, to pray for miracles. I encourage you, just take a day and pray through all the miracles that God has done in your life. Just go through them. We've done that in our midweek last week here in the desert. We did that with our staff. And it was amazing just to hear family members saved, people, people's health turned around, you know, miraculous things over and over that's so easy to forget that God was there when we needed him, that he never gives up on us, that he's always right there at the perfect time. And it's been such an amazing thing to realize the miracles that God has done in our lives to pray for the lost, to pray that God will change our heart to help us to have more faith. There's so many things to be devoted to, to deal with our inner selves, to deal with our hearts, to ask God, to praise God, to lift him up, to worship him, to sing songs, to devote ourselves to God in prayer. It sounds simple, but it's not easy to do, is it? Let's make a decision. I will devote myself to God in prayer. To be watchful. The, the word watchful here in the Greek means stay awake. To stay awake. It's like when you're out guarding the city at night and you're walking around and no one else is around. He's saying just stay alert, stay awake. Be watchful. Are we staying awake spiritually? Jesus says to be watchful for the bridegroom. He's going to come in the middle of the night, when we're, a time when we're not ready. But be ready. Be watching. Be waiting. Be ready to go. People even, a lot of people have asked me about, is this the end times? 
I don't know exactly if this is the end times because it says that we're not going to know the times or the dates when Jesus is going to come back. I know that Jesus said he's going to come back like a thief in the night. So if you feel like this is the end times, as long as it motivates you to change, it says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If you can look around and be afraid that if Jesus comes back, I am not ready, then I pray that that motivates all of us to get closer to Jesus, to devote ourselves to him, to seek after him in prayer. And I would encourage you, as disciples, have faith. If you are in Christ, whatever kind of times it is, you don't have to be afraid. You are ready. Jesus' blood covers your sins. So there's no need to be running around here and there. I'd say many in the world run around in fear, looking at this event or looking at that event. We're in Christ. We can be secure. And I pray that we are secure and watchful and ready at the, in these times. Are we spiritually awake? Are we ready? Do we realize that we're in a spiritual battle right now? God is allowing us to be tested and Satan is coming after us. I pray that we put our armor on. Are we emotionally awake? Do we know what we're feeling? Are we being open? Are we talking to others? Even though it's a little more difficult to be open, but so many of you have, have done that and been sharing your heart and praying together. And it's just so encouraging to hear that, that you're not going to let technology get in the way. You're not going to let this virus get in the way, but you're going to put your spiritual needs first and the needs of others around you. This is a time where he's praying for open doors. Open doors out there come from prayers that we pray to God and eyes that see what he's doing. That we, I pray that today that we're looking and watching for Jesus to change us and to change his church. That we're not looking to the world to change the church. That we're not looking. People in the world do what people in the world do. They live by their sinful nature. That's just expected. But God has given us the answer. The, the, the hope of the world is Christ and the hope is the gospel. I pray that even now that as we can be worried about all these things going on, that we focus on Jesus, that we don't, we don't close our ears to one another, but we open up our hearts to Christ, that we commit our lives again and again to him. Be watching for God in your day-to-day life. Because he's right there. He's opening up doors. That's what Paul was encouraging the Colossians to do. And he says to be thankful. God has blessed us so much. He's given us so many miracles. As I talked about before, health miracles and all kinds of ways that God is moving. This past week, it really changed my heart as I looked at Numbers chapter 13. And that's probably the passage that I feel like has helped me the most during this time. That the, all the people who came out of Egypt, they saw amazing miracles and they went through these different challenges of discontent and no meat and different things for 14 months. And by the time they went into the promised land, it was supposed to be a great victory where they could just admire everything that God was going to give them. They brought back the fruit. It was amazing. It's a land of milk and honey. There was 
cities that they didn't even build that God was giving to them. And yet they came back and all but two of them saw problems and challenges and were grumbling. And basically, there were two groups of people. The majority that said, God can't do this. God cannot do this miracle. And there were two people that said, God can do it. Let's go for it. Even now, I believe that God is sorting the world into two groups of people. One group that's saying God cannot, and another group that's saying God can. And I pray that as his church, that we're those that have faith, even in challenges that we hold on to God even more. Do you believe that God can bring health, that God can bring faith, that God can bring unity in the church, that God can reach the next generation for him? I believe he's doing that right now that at this very moment, we are all being trained to have faith. And whether we're going to lose faith and be in despair, whether we're going to hold on to Jesus, even when we don't see it, knowing that he's producing great things for us to come. Do you believe that God can reach the lost? Do you believe that we can listen to one another? Do you believe that he can change your heart and mine, that he can change your family and mine. Do you believe that God wants to reach the world? That he can change the church? That he can do something new? I hope you do. Because God will. And I pray that we're never those people that we may not say that God can't do it because we're Christians and we're supposed to have faith. But sometimes we focus on and talk about all the problems around us. And in essence, don't we do the same thing? that the spies that didn't make it into the promised lands did. God can't change this. Let's be those that stand up for God and hold on to our faith during this time. I've been inspired by the group in Lebanon, even even pre-COVID, as they had demonstrations, no food on the shelves in the grocery stores, intermittent electricity. Their church was still focused on saving souls. And I pray that even now we can learn that lesson. I got a text about two weeks ago from Sammy in Jordan saying that the church in Yemen had been reported. And it was, it was a scary time. And I followed up with him recently and he said, haven't heard anything. So no news is good news. So God is even protecting his church all over the world. Surely he is protecting us as well. Devote your inner life to Jesus. My second point, devote your outer life to Jesus. Without an inner life, just going through the motions doesn't really do much. But when we're connected to Christ, then he uses us as his instruments in this world. Let me continue to read in verse 4 through 6. It says, pray that I may proclaim the message clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you will know how to answer everyone. That Paul is giving them the answer and how to live their lives, how to live out in the world, to pray for open doors and then be wise in the way we use 
our speech, to make the most of every opportunity. I've been so encouraged uh, by my wife during this time as she's been sharing her faith wherever she goes. We went on a hike and we really only saw two people and she struck up a conversation and it was so encouraging to just share with them about Jesus and be able to invite them out to church. And she met a woman in our neighborhood and just making the most of every opportunity that I believe that Jesus is the answer and we have so much to share, so much to be grateful for. I pray we can just use those opportunities to see God in our daily life and that we can proclaim it clearly and boldly with love and have fun. So many people think today that Christianity is not a good thing. It's not fun. That's what I grew up with, thinking that, man, this is not a good place. And yet God brings blessing after blessing and friendship and incredible victories. And I pray that we can make the most of the opportunities that we have and be grateful. It says to be wise in the way you act towards outsiders, to make the most of every opportunity, to let your speech be full of grace, seasoned with salt, to let the the grace of Jesus just come out of us in love and forgiveness and understanding and giving people the benefit of the doubt and having the thought, even when we, we get upset by something, that we can give forgiveness because Jesus gave forgiveness, even when people didn't ask. When people don't agree with us, we can recognize that they were their sons of God, that he's given them that ability to choose, and we can pray for them. We can think to my, I can think to myself, I was lost. I've done that before. Without Jesus, who am I? And it helps me to be able to love people around me, even when it is difficult and it can be challenging. Imagine if you sat down to eat dinner and the main course was salt. You just look on your plate, it's just a pile of salt. And there's a little bit of meat, a couple bites of meat on the side and a couple vegetables and a potato. And just thinking, I don't want to eat that. If it's reversed and you have a little bit of salt with your meal, then it's a great meal. I'm afraid that some sometimes our conversation can be full of salt with a little bit of grace. That we're just throwing salt out there with no love, no grace, and no Christ. Sometimes we can, and I've done it before too, that we can post things on the internet that have all salt and no grace. I pray that we can have the spirit where we want to focus on Jesus and think about those posts. Is this a post of Christ? Can I see great? Is this post full of grace? Is it seasoned with salt? Is this conversation full of grace? Is this response full of grace? And I believe that God wants us to check ourselves with this scripture. And so we have confidence in every situation and we can answer everyone. For goodness sake, Paul was in prison when he was writing this. So he was using this this uh, directive, even when he was going to court, even when he was talking to the Romans, to be full of grace, seasoned with salt, that he was determined, I want to be bold, but I want to be full of grace. I want to be filled with love. I want people to see Christ in me. I want Christ to come out of me, even in challenging times. I love where he says that in in verse 3, he says, I want to proclaim the mystery of Christ 
for which I am in chains. In so many ways that Paul was sharing his faith to the Colossian church by just mentioning, I'm in chains for Christ. I'm, I'm giving myself for him. I'm willing to die for Christ because this is it. And church, I believe that right now is a time of testing for all of us. And it's time for every one of us to double down our faith in Jesus. To give our lives to him. And many, if you haven't given your life to Christ, I want to encourage you. Why wait? This is the time. If you've already given your life to Christ, I want to encourage you to double down on your faith. To give your life fully to him again. With no exit clause, with no back doors. To give yourselves a 100% to him. I've been hearing so many encouraging stories of people doing this, of people studying the Bible, even when it's difficult, over Zoom, never even been to church with us all together, and yet they're fighting for their relationship with God. They don't want to put it off. People, like I mentioned, working on their marriage and growing closer to God and one another. There's a few couples that have changed things that have dogged them for years and even decades. Because in this time, they've thrown off everything that hinders and they've spent time talking. They spent time in the word. They spent time praying and God is changing them and blessing their perseverance. Don't give up church. The people now are using their gifts like never before. We're excited to begin diversity teams and all of our sectors here coming up very soon so that we can promote Christ and make the church even a greater place for all nations to worship. As I said before, the church is a gem and we're just growing and learning to love one another in even deeper way. There's so much amazing things, so many amazing things that God is doing. Focus ourselves on Jesus like never before. Even now we're being refined and I pray that when you feel lonely that you commit yourself to Jesus that you don't blame others, you don't blame yourself, and you don't blame God for the situation that you're in, but you reach out and, and, and look and initiate for those, with those around you. If people haven't initiated with you, I'm so sorry for that. I feel for you. But some of us, we got to look at our phones and just look at the text and see how many times have people reached out to us and we have not replied. How many times have we had events that we haven't gone to? I pray that we can initiate. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I promise you, if you start giving, calling, not just for people to encourage you, but to see how they're doing, to ask what you can pray for, that God will strengthen us and every one of us has the capacity to give and the capacity to build up God's church. I pray that we can uh see all the blessings that God is doing in the future. We're still praying that this year we've taken a bit of a pause, but that we can appoint elders this year in the church, that we can move on to have teachers and deacons and people using their gifts to build up the family of God. I believe that God is leading us and going to do amazing things. But again, I want to challenge each of us to redouble your commitment and your love for Christ. 
when you're afraid, when you're challenged, when something comes up that throws you off, I pray that you commit to yourself and even saying that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life for me again every day. And I pray that we can grow stronger. That's how we're going to go stronger during these times of testing and of fire. Finally, point number three, encourage one another. Paul takes time at the end of the letter to go through and mentions by name different individuals that have encouraged him or that have encouraged the church in Colossae. He takes that time because it's valuable. As much as we get our encouragement from our inner self and from God and his word, we also get it from one another that when we're connected to Christ, that we can then encourage people in that way. I just want to go through some of these names. You can read them later on your own. But he talks about Tychicus, a dear brother and faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. He says, I am sending him to encourage your hearts. That that was his mission. Encourage the church there, that in, a, in, a, in that way, God has given each of us that message. Encourage your brother. Encourage your sister. Imagine if every one of us just encouraged one person that's outside of our normal people that we see. Then every person in the church can be encouraged. Imagine if you encourage five people or ten people. Just with your quiet time, it can be a text, it could be a phone call, it could be an email, it could be any number of ways to say that I'm thinking about you, that you're important to God, that I love you and God loves you. And that makes a huge difference. He says, Onesipus, Onesimus, an ex-slave in the church in Colossae, it says now that he's gone to Rome, he's a faithful and dear brother. That his life has been changed. It's amazing. Good news to the church there. Aristarchus sends his greeting. Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, and he says even specifically, welcome him if he comes there. Imagine if you're Mark and you hear your name in that letter saying, hey, if, if, if this brother comes, welcome him. That would be so encouraging. Jesus called justice sends greeting. And all of these people bring comfort that God uses each of you to bring comfort to one another, that you can pass on the comfort that God has given you to your brother or to your sister. What an amazing gift and role that each of us has. He says, "My the, Luke, a dear brother, is here with him as well. And many people think he was delivering the book, the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts into Rome at that time but amazing to be encouraged by all these people. He he mentions a few people that I want to highlight in a particular way. One, he says, Epaphras, that he was the one that people think that initially brought the gospel to Colossae, to Hierapolis and Laodicea. And he was met in Ephesus. He ran into Paul, and then he went 100 miles away to share the gospel. And People think that he was the leader of the church there, and now he was sent in prison to Rome, and that's how he met Paul, that he was jailed for the faith as well. And so this was a personal connection where people in the church there really felt that. And he said, this guy is praying for you. He's wrestling for you in prayer. I can vouch for him. He's truly 
devoting himself to prayer. Maybe he even inspired Paul to write that to the church. It says that Archippus, uh, he's writing to Archippus in the church there. He says, see to it that Archippus completes his ministry. And many people think that Archippus was the new leader of the church in Colossae. And maybe he was nervous. Maybe he was a little fearful because the old minister was jailed and sent to Rome. And he's saying, finish the work. Double down in your faith. Don't give up. Commit your life to Christ and he will carry you through. Don't let it go. And then he says that Demas sends greetings. And Demas is also mentioned in Philemon 124 as a co-worker for God and an encouragement to the church. And yet later on in 2 Timothy 4.10, it says that Demas left the faith because he desired the world. That he lived his life at one point as an encouragement and later on he left. He lost the faith. He didn't finish what he started. That the desires of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the the pride of life just pulled him away. I pray that even now some of us are, Satan is trying to pull some of us away. And that we can look at Demas and say, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be a co-worker for Christ. I want to be someone building up the church. And we can throw off all the sin and everything that hinders us so that we don't repeat that in our day. And finally, he says to share this letter with the church in Hierapolis and Laodicea, which were the neighboring churches there. It's kind of the three churches next to each other, kind of like we have. And we all are familiar with the church in Laodicea, which is mentioned in Revelation 3. 35 years later, this church was mentioned, and Jesus calls them out for being lukewarm. It says, if you're neither hot nor cold, I'm ready to spit you out of my mouth. And after 35 years, they were almost going to lose their faith and even their church. And I pray that we can even take that as a warning that even now, as we are being tested, that we can choose faith and not fear, that we can choose to focus on God that we can be not lukewarm, that we can be hot, we can be devoted to Christ in this time. You know, I think of some amazing brothers and sisters in our church. You know, Detroit from Rancho called me this week and in so many ways just blew my mind by just saying, hey, we're with you. Me and my wife, we're praying for you. We feel like this church is a haven For people in the world, we've had amazing experience here, and we're praying for you. And, brother, I just want to thank you for that. I never had a brother do that for me before, just send a video message. But, man, it changed my week. It changed my my life in so many ways. And so don't underestimate, brothers and sisters, the power of encouragement that you have for one another. I just thought of a few brothers and sisters that have encouraged me I thought of John and Janetta Tobias and just going to Rancho and just their welcoming spirit, their serving hearts, their love for the poor. And just what a great example of a couple living for Christ. And you guys have inspired me. I thought of Lisa Nelson and Victoria Flores, who have just joined our RFAC group from Rancho. And just having you guys in the meeting and just your faith and your zeal and your lives just brought so much energy to our meeting. And I, you guys are truly impressive 
by your by your talents, but more impressive by your faith and commitment to Christ, as well as Scott Bartels, who was in there from Riverside for the first time and just using his intellect, which was so obvious for Christ. That was such a, a, an uplifting time for me. I want to encourage Robert and Ira Beard, who have been in our marriage class, and they're there, and they're growing in their marriage, and they're, they got their kids with them, and they have two kids under three, and just to see them fighting to be close to God and growing at this time was so inspiring. I want to encourage Amory and Rhonda Samaripa and Amory Jr. and, and Cameron, an amazing family, really one of the, the first families in the desert as Amory Jr. was the first child born in the desert. And to see your faith over the years proving faithful, going through challenges and inspiring us again and again, you inspire me, and I believe that you inspire others in the church. I don't have time to go into everybody, but Barry Shipperstein and his servant heart and helping people move and willingness to serve. Don Pizai called this week and said, I am praying for you to have vision from God. And that truly was life-changing. Um, and Lamar and Josette Hoke, who have inspired me to focus on Jesus like never before. And in times of all these trials, just your faith, your love for the word, you calling all of us back to Christ is just so inspiring. And I look up to you. I want to be like you guys both when I grow up. Now, as we we see the power of encouragement, I pray that we devote ourselves to God, that we give our inner lives to Christ first, that we pour out our hearts to him, that we devote ourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful that we give our outer lives to God, that we are used, that we allow him to use us, that we look for open doors, that we proclaim his word clearly and boldly as we should, that we recommit our lives to Christ, that we double down on Jesus. And I pray that we see the value of encouraging one another. I know we all know that, but, The power is if we all put that into practice to encourage one another. And that's why I wanted to even take the time to mention these individual people that have personally inspired me so that you know, not that you all need to call and encourage me, but that when you call and encourage those that you love in the church, those that need it, that it truly makes a difference. It changes their lives. Pray with me as we take communion together and conclude the book of Colossians. Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together. Thank you that you've given us your son, your very best to bring us healing. I pray that we can focus on him as the supreme in every area of our lives. Help us to give our inner hearts to you. Help us to pour out our soul to you. Help us to grow closer to you in our friendship. Help us to appreciate the grace and the forgiveness that you give us. Thank you for your body and your blood that you poured out for each one of us. God, help us to be used by you in whatever way you call us to, to use our outer lives to glorify you and help us to encourage one another with all the ways that you have encouraged us. Be with us as we take communion now and remember your son. And we pray in his holy name. Amen.